Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Found in Prague. We are excited to all be with you. Um, we're just chatting today a little bit about identity. This is such an, an interesting topic because there's a lot of different layers to it. And um, we are hoping that this just encourages you guys to explore um, with Christ what is your identity and really just start thinking about the things of what what makes up me, what makes up who I am. And really kind of some of my thoughts when I was um, just thinking about today's podcast was the beginning of discovering your identity is asking yourself, what do I value? And what do I want to represent in life? What do I want to embody? Who, who am I, right? And so there's so many things, and I, I think so many of those things are what we do, but how do you know who, who you are and who you are in this world? There are so many different things, um, TikTok telling you to who, who to be, um, movies telling you who to be, um, so many different things. And so it's just like an interesting time in life. And I think even as we grow older, um, we're still sometimes wondering. Um, I think my biggest life question has always been, are you who you are because you decide that that's who you are or because you were designed that way? And so we just wanted to talk a little bit about that with you guys today. Henry, do you have any thoughts to start us off with on this topic? Sure. That's, that's, you know, it, it's, it's a really good and very important topic, Miranda, um, that I think uh, a lot of us, um, you know, also Christians really think about a lot because um, especially when growing up um, in school, there's a lot of times a lot of peer pressure, I feel, um, as to, you know, what is in, what is cool, what do I need to uh, <laughs> do to fit in? And um, there was a period of time, you know, also when I was around, I think, uh, ninth grade, ninth to tenth grade, where I was really asking myself, like, who 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 am I actually? Like, who, who do I want to be? The big question was always, um, especially as you're growing into the high school phase and you're thinking about what's next. You know, am I gonna be an engineer? Am I gonna be a doctor? <laughs> like my parents always wanted me to be. I would, um, or am I gonna be? I don't know. Like, what am I gonna be? Yeah, or am, you know, I'm going to work in a restaurant, but I'm going to work uh, in an office. A lot of these questions popped up. And for me, the question was always like, okay, what am I, what are the main things that, that I think make Henry? Like when people think of who, who is Henry, like what would people say? Is he just like a nice guy? Is he, uh, the funny guy <laughs> is he is he the guy who uh, who 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 works in in uh, for you guys who don't I work in Amazon is he the guy who works at Amazon is that who I am, right, um, or am I uh, something more? And I think for me a lot of times struggling with this question before, what really helped me once I uh, actually came to Christ when I became a Christian, what I really understood, it's not actually about what I do that defines me, but it very much is about what God says I am, um, who, who God says I am in the Bible. Because when I read a lot of times in the Bible and, and you know, you will come across many passages, like, you know, he calls us the 
child of God, dearly loved um, and appreciated and wonderfully made. To be honest, this really gave me like a lot of confidence. Like um, no matter what people might think, you know, oh, maybe you're a bit chubby. <laughs> you eat too much. <laughs> or like, uh, you know, you look funny. Uh, you're a bit short, you know. These kind of things, you know, I, I used to receive comments like this a little bit and uh, they used to really get to me. But to be honest, after I started to shift my perception in terms of uh, focusing more on what God says concerning me, all these positive that, that things that God has said concerning me, I really got a huge boost in confidence in the way that I don't really need to rely on a lot of like opinions of other people concerning me. Not that it doesn't matter because I think it is important to also, you know, express yourself in a good and respectful way. But I no longer have to rely on like a friend to tell me that I am a nice guy or another friend to tell me, uh, I don't know, you look good today <laughs> in order for me to feel good. If you understand what I mean, um, because that's oftentimes the trap. If you don't feel appreciated by other people, you might, you know, uh, have a lack of confidence and whatnot. But after really going through the Bible and reading about what God says, I am and how much he actually loves me and how much he cares for me, I really felt a real sense of uh, freedom that comes with it as well. So if, if that makes sense, Miranda, I don't know if you felt that way before or <laughs> you've wrestled with this. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, <clears throat> I definitely feel like throughout my whole life, I put a lot of value in like, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like when I was younger, I didn't care as much like what people thought of me particularly. I feel like I've actually cared more as I've gotten older, mm -hmm. what people actually think about me. Um, but when I was like really young, I always like, what is my purpose in life? Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's gotta be some grander plan <laughs> for, <laughs> for my life. And I think that really was I think, I think that is, sometimes it still is, is a huge place where I almost place my identity is like mm. in my purpose. Um, and that's, I think there's a huge element, a huge, beautiful element of discovering what is your purpose in life, right? Mm. Like, um, I think we all have a purpose, um, whether it's a specific thing or just um, to, to know God, to have a relationship with God. Um, or yeah, or like I said, or something more specific, but I think for me, it was, it's, and this has been more of a recent revelation is man, if I'm putting my identity in my purpose, um, will that fulfill me? Um, will that really actually benefit the world? <laughs> um, or, and so I think I've, I've really had to come down to some of the thoughts with myself and with God of just going, um, uh, actually I want to find my purpose like in mm. in God in in Christ and um but I have also was really thinking about this recently as well is what's the difference between um like somebody who has really good morals or really good values mm. um who isn't a Christian or doesn't believe in Christ because I know a lot of mm. I have some really sure uh, good friends or just even people that I know that really have these good values right that almost seem to make Absolutely. up the or who <laughs> they are yes. and 
what is the difference between hmm. someone like that and someone who finds their identity in Christ? Yeah, I mean, good values is one thing I think is very important to your, your identity. I mean, people like, you know, judge people on their taste of food, taste of culture, taste of, you know, <laughs> uh, so many things actually. And I think there is some mix up in the fact that people nowadays have been preaching or saying that be yourself, you know, mm -hmm. but honestly, my question would be like, what is it to be myself? It's like that question and that saying and that preaching doesn't have an answer, really, in my opinion. I, <laughs> I think it is intrinsically uh, flawed. But what I do is that I do not put values, uh, my identity in my values because I put my identity within Christ. You know, it's, it's like Christians say, I, well, I identify myself as Christian. I identify myself as like uh, what one if who's... your value is Christ? Yeah, what I'm saying is like, you may think that, oh, that's so boring. That question, that answer is so boring. Yes, it's boring. It's because God said to put our identity within Christ. And what it means for me uh, is that I continuously communicate with the triune God. I continuously communicate with the Holy Spirit within me. I continuously uh, have a great relationship with God who continuously encourages me, who encourages, uh, guides me through my daily life and through my uh, own flaws, through my own goods. And the values come naturally, in my opinion. So actually, this is a good good question. Uh, like you were referring to a lot of things, uh, Sean, which which I do align with. But I'm just wondering, like, if we can also elaborate a bit more about, like, what does it actually mean uh, to have your identity in Christ? Well, how does that look like? Maybe someone else wants to like add on. How does it look like to have my identity in Christ? Um, maybe something more practical examples. I would like to just shortly mention is that when we are in crisis, I think that's when um, this, I identify myself in Christ comes into play a lot, especially when we are in crisis within our family, when we are in crisis within our relationship with each other, within our financial problem or academic problems, uh, when we continuously have been identifying ourselves within those things, when those things are shaken, we are shaken as well. Yeah. So when we say I identify, identify myself as uh, within Christ is saying that what Christ said about me in the Bible, which especially to the Israelites is to, he said in the wilderness, continuously said to the Israelites to go and worship God. Go and enjoy the feast I prepare for you. Go and continuously worship God within your own tents, within a tent of meeting, within the tabernacle, uh, within the hardship. Uh, identifying in Christ is to go back to worship. No, absolutely. And I think you mentioned a very interesting point here about like um, crisis. 
right? So what, like, I think when we put it into a very practical senses as well, like, how is your reaction like when you are facing something which you cannot solve yourself? Now, whether it's a situation of, uh, uh, let's say, okay, <laughs> just to throw it out there, maybe like a breakup with uh, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or uh, you lost a loved one, maybe this is relevant to some of the, 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 the listeners here, like you lost a loved one to COVID, um, or you're struggling with something in school, maybe even like bullying and these things, you know, like what do you do in these situations if you cannot solve it yourself? Because this is what we always try to do. You know, we try to solve the issues ourselves. It doesn't work. There are limitations to what you can do as a person. So I want to emphasize here, like how does your identity in Christ make it make a difference in the way you react to these kind of situations? And is it beneficial? Or is it just like a feel-good thing? Oh yeah, God loves me and uh, I just feel good about that. Or is there actually something else behind that? But uh, isn't what you asked uh, is more about, for example, faith itself? Because we're crossing multiple um, things in these questions, right? So if something happens, what do I do? Is yes. it a question about identity or is it a question about faith? It could be both, right? Or, or it could be either. And like the other question is, uh, we say uh, my identity is not what I do, but it, mm-hmm. it is what I do, right? Because if I don't do anything, then who am I? Like I'm that person, right? So every person is doing something. And returning back to what you just said, it really does matter like what you do if, if you say that, I need to react in some way to identify with Christ, then it means like my actions are identifying me with Christ. So what I do matters when I when we talk about identity, right? Uh, and, and this is just questions I had while you were discussing these things. I don't know if you guys have answers for them. I probably don't. To look into that, not really what, what I do or what I am doing, is not who I am actually, and it's never um, the identity of whosoever. But what I do is a component of my identity, meaning what I am doing, and this does not in any form relate to my job or my recreational activity. But what I what I do, what I am doing. <clears throat> flows out as a result of who I am. So that's why I said it's a component. It flows out, it comes out as a result of the person that I am. So the point is, if I truly know who I am, it will form a construct of the things I get involved in, meaning how I view myself, because when you try to define identity in terms of sociology and whatsoever, it flows, they would tell you it's the qualities, it's uh, your beliefs. This we can take in the construct from, from Christ and it happens to all of us. You can see that in some way in Matthew 4 verse 3 or in Luke 4, when the tempter, the devil came to him, he didn't say, turn this stone to break but you would notice the questioning was if you are then if you remember the questions right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you are then do this let me see 
knowing that the doing is not who he is, but who he is would make him able to, to do these do, things. To do these mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Meaning the devil was actually questioning his identity. If you are the son of God, if you truly are this person, identify yourself by doing these things. Mm -hmm. And you can see the response Christ gave to him there, that look, what I do is not really a proof of who I am. I don't have to do them. I am who I am, irrespective of the fact that I can do it or I cannot do it. So the things I do, whether I can do them. So this bringing it back now to a construct of friendship, relationships, and the world around us and how people see me or what you think about me in this sense shouldn't really bother me much because if I know who I am, your misconception of who I am shouldn't move me to act. Because if I remember your um your statement earlier, Henry, you said, you know, like we do things as young people or in a group peer pressure because we are trying to belong, to mm -hmm. identify with either a certain group or not. But if I truly know, if I understand, I will not get involved in it to prove that I am. Because the things I do, the actions, they are not really who I am. I, I hope that somewhat answers the question, the, the, that question. And then going back to uh, the, the question of purpose and, and values. You know, I once heard a man say, being living a successful life or being a success in life is impacting the world with the investment of your personality. So if, we, if who you are cannot make your world better, then you're still a nobody. See, I think that's so interesting, Leslie, that you took it in that direction. And I feel like it's almost like a twofold thing because I was thinking as well how Jesus, if we're talking about the example of Jesus, right? So for anybody listening, we're, um, this is a podcast of we're all Christians here, um, but we want to talk about just things that, you know, are, are relating into our, into our daily lives. But we take a lot of things um, and a lot of our beliefs from the Bible and what God has written there. And so I was just thinking, Leslie, what you were saying about how because Jesus knew his identity, that he was the son of God, right, or part of that part of God, um, because he knew his identity, he didn't give into the peer pressure, basically, if we're summing it up, of what the, the, the devil had tempted him to do. Um, well, I was kind of thinking of how he knew his identity as the son of God and therefore did all these things in his father's will. So he did miracles. He um, made amazing alliances and friendships with his enemies. Like the um, something that I've been really amazed by is how Jesus went to the Samaritans, which the Jews were like, hmm. totally, they were just at complete enemies, but he made friends with them and like 
mended things all out of the authority of knowing who he was, knowing that he was a son of God. And so I think that there's almost a twofold side to knowing who you are in Christ. One is knowing that you don't have to do something out of peer pressure, um, whether it's, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking for me, I remember this one instance um, where my cousin was watching this movie that had all these different things in it that as a young person, I really was like, this is not honoring to God. It, you know, there was um, just so many different things. I don't know. I couldn't get into exactly, but I just remember really wrestling in that moment, wanting to fit in with my cousin because she was really cool to me. I, she was a little bit older than me and I thought she was the coolest thing. And I really wanted to stay and watch that movie because I thought, you know, okay, you know, this will make me cool or whatever, but something inside of me was just like, I can't do this. Like I, I need to like walk away from this. And I did, and I walked away from it. And I think that's that side of knowing who I was and knowing my values based out of who I was in Christ. Um, but I think there's also the flip side of we end up doing so many things or um, we can end up doing so many things if we do know our identity, if we know that we are a son or a daughter of, of God, the authority that comes with that. But I think also um, the suffering with Christ. There's a lot in the Bible that talks about that, you know, to really know God or to know Christ, we have to suffer with him which sounds crazy because we don't like suffering as humans, but I think part of our identity as well is actually going through struggles in life. And really, like you said earlier, Henry, um, coming to a place where we invite God and say, how do I get through this? Because I know my identity is in you and you're shaping that. So yeah, it could be so many different scenarios. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. And, and and one thing like I wanted to add to this is that also it's it the like knowing who you are in Christ and this also will determine how you react to certain situations, right? Um, and uh, again, <laughs> uh, we're talking obviously from a perspective of knowing or uh, having a relationship with God. But uh, for example, if I'm struggling with something, I know the first thing I can turn to is in prayer, God. I can. That's my first solution to the problem right so i can find not only in that like comfort which yes will come as well as as is written um, but also i can find hope so for example when i'm facing a situation which seems insurmountable you know maybe my parents are fighting you know they are um, constantly arguing at home and it's really hurtful for me to see that and i feel helpless um i cannot do anything i speak to them they don't want to listen to me because i'm i'm just a kid you know, the power that you do have, you know, is in prayer to ask God to intervene. And I think that's something really valuable. And not oftentimes what the world will tell you is that, oh, you know, uh, this is the last resort. If nothing else works, <laughs> go and pray about it. Might happen, might not happen, you know. Um, but, you know, the way I know God is that whenever issue I'm facing, it's the first thing, my first response is to pray because I know that God the Father is listening and he cares. And I find that to be such a comfortable thing, especially when, for example, 
if you are in a classroom where people are putting you down and they're saying, yeah, you won't amount to anything because you are X, Y, and Z, your grades are not good enough or you know, you're not pretty enough or you're not tall enough, whatever. You know, I know that that's not the case. And I can only know that if I know what God has said concerning me, because I know regardless of what people tell me, I know that God loves me abundantly and he has a great plan for me. And this is not just me speaking like in a hopeful way, trying to be, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to make me feel better, but to really believe that, you know, to hold on to that. Um, that's also our expression of faith. And there's so much comfort that comes with it and so much confidence. So it doesn't matter what people say or how people treat me, because I know um, that in the end, you know, God views me as something very precious. You know, he views me as something very important. So much so that he sent his only son to die for me. So I was bought with a price. This is something that I find very interesting to remember always in the back of my mind. I'm valued because I was bought with the price. And the price was the blood of Jesus Christ, which is very, very eye-opening. I mean, I can only say it like this. It might sound very cliche. But once you realize how much that actually means, um, that confidence just comes gushing out. Because to think that you are actually worth this much, right? So it doesn't matter what maybe a mean person in, in school or whatever will tell you, you know, I was bought with a price. You know, I'm a child of God and I'm dearly loved. And that's something to hold on about. I really, I really believe that. I'll just like be the one asking questions today, probably. It will mm -hmm. be my role. Um, when Henry is, is talking about um, your identity in Christ, knowing who you are in Christ, um, the first question is, how do you know who you are in Christ? How would you describe it, right? And then the second question would be, can I say my identity in Christ is the same as your identity in Christ? Like, is it the same for all the Christians? So that, that's like two questions I have. Because it seems like you're talking about some list of things that you know you are in Christ, but then should it be same for every Christian, right? Because God loves us, everyone the same. And like all the qualities or all the characteristics you were talking so far should apply to every Christian, right? Or at least as I understand it. That's a very vital question. And in the answer, is yes and yes. I didn't want to use yes and no because I mean, Paul speaking says the kingdom of God is not yes and no. It is either no or yes. There's no in between. So that's why I didn't use yes and no. So yes and yes. Uh, meaning we're all born of God. Right? And we're all called his own, own and given the capacity to display godliness. But we don't all take the same roles and shape or form in the body of Christ. And in Romans, yeah, and also in Ephesians, where he was saying, you know, in Ephesians particularly, he was saying, some are called to be an apostle, Others evangelists, others teachers, others pastors, 
for the perfecting of the saints and for the edification, the, the body of Christ, until we all come to the full measure of the image of the Son of God, full maturity. So there again, you can see the second yes, that yes, we're all born of God. Yes, we're all uh, more than conqueror and we all have Christ in us as the hope of glory. But in impacting and shaping our world, which, which then comes to purpose and value, we now take different forms. And in understanding that, in knowing that, you'd have to now engage in knowing the mind of Christ, which a lot of believers, again, would think it's impossible, but it is not. Because through the ministry of the Spirit at work in you, I think it was First um, Corinthians 2, that now says, we have the mind of Christ, right? If you remember very well. That now says, we have the mind of Christ. And it is now... Uh, it now falls on us to go into an, uh, an escapade or a search to discover who I am in Christ. But there's a, a general view of who I am in Christ, which is the first yes. And then there's the second yes, which now drives down to the other part that I mentioned, if you remember when I was speaking. And for what it is when you study the Bible, even from Genesis, the question of sin in the fall of humanity was an identity issue. Eve did not know what she was made of. So if you remember when God was done cre um, creating man, making man, right? Man was made in the image and likeness of God. And then the devil that always comes to ask for that identity came to Eve and was like, as he said, he didn't have the complete information. So he questioned her, her identity. As he said, you should not touch. And she said, yeah, we should not touch knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then he brought in the identity stuff because he knows the day you thought you will become like him. Was man already made like God? Was Eve now, you know, what will that tree now make Eve more like him? He, she was already made in his image and likeness. But you can see this identity uh, struggle and that's how the fall of men came because she, she didn't understand. She didn't know who she was. So she did that same thing he tried to do to Jesus. And Jesus told him, look, get it behind me if you are. But he did it in a different form this time. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking about um, like in, in kind of answering that question in like a, an example form. I think about just the, the normal everyday family, right? Um, if a man has three kids, they're all his son. If they all have, say he has three sons, they're all his sons. And their identity is that, hey, I'm this man's son, right? Or they all have that same last name of the father, of the father's name. Um, but at the same time, just like Leslie was saying, yeah, they have different 
um, makings, the way that they were designed is different. Maybe one thinks that, um, you know, the world is flat and the other one thinks the world is round. And so then the, therefore the way that they do life is very, very different. <laughs> I don't know, it's such a random example. But I think that that kind of answers that question in a sense of like, is every Christian's identity um, the same or do we all have the different thing? I think it's well, bottom line, we're all children of God. We're all, that's just like the bottom line is that is the fundamental part of our identity. But then God, the way that God designed us is different. And therefore we have to discover those things and learn them and give them back to God and say, God, will you use me and grow me in these? Amy, Amy and I have been on a complete and crazy roller coaster um, trying to figure out everybody's personality types. Enneagram for those who know Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, um, love languages. What are some of the other ones, Amy? I can't think. That's basically it, but introvert, extrovert, verbal introvert. processors, internal processors. Yeah. And it's just so profound. Like even the science behind some of these things is crazy. And again, like you don't want to put your, your like end all identity in that, but those are ways that God has designed us differently. And I think that then there's like a, if you know, um, kind of, okay, bottom line, I'm a child of God. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then it's learning out of who, who God designed me to be, how do I operate and function? And I think that those are some really good questions as well. Um, just in our everyday life. I don't know, Amy, um, is reading this book, right? Or, or no, you already read it. I'm reading the book right now, <laughs> um, called, powerful purpose introverts by holly kirth holly kirth yes we'll just uh plug that book in there um but i amy i don't know i just was wondering if you had any like nuggets from that that you kind of thought about of like your identity and how god designed people yeah i think this whole topic has been really really interesting and just trying to like take in everything everyone else is saying but i think yeah, it's not placing your your trust or your um, identity in natural things that can be shaken. I think someone else mentioned that at one point. And so I'm very much an introvert. Um, and even as a kid, like trying to figure out um, how I was created or why I operated different ways or why I wasn't extroverted like my older siblings um, would often lead me to like questioning why I operated the way I did or why I, you know, was so different or, um, and stuff like that. But if I, if I only trusted in the fact that I was an introvert, then I wouldn't have ever put myself out there to do things that were outside of my comfort zone. And so I think learning part of your identity in Christ is knowing that, yes, you can have different personality traits. You can, view the world a certain way through the way that you were raised, but there's going to be truth that you can find in God's word and in spending time with God and finding 
what he says and how you can walk that out, even in the middle of learning more of how you just operate, because as humans, we are all different and we're all made in a certain way. We all have different worldviews and how we grew up. And I think that can affect how we operate, but knowing that you can find truth in God's word and in spending time with him and finding um, truth in how to walk out the way that you were made. So I think not letting being an introvert hold me back from actually pursuing different jobs or pursuing different relationships, pursuing um, just life in general, I guess, was kind of a challenge for me in recognizing that God said, I don't, you know, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And so what does that look like to step out and, and walk that out? One thing to be super clear is that you can change. Amen. <laughs> Seriously, like <laughs> I had a huge problem with understanding that uh, I'm who I am. I cannot change. <laughs> I will never be like the person who is in the front of the stage. But here I am leading worship every week. Here I am um, continuously evangelizing and talking to strangers almost every week you know here i am uh doing something that i have never wanted to do you will know that i think it's very clear that when you are so clear of your identity when you're doing something opposite that conflicts with your identity you will eventually realize it you will eventually uh realize that that is affecting your identity in a negative way. Uh, for example, if you're in a toxic relationship, um, which I was, by the way, which was really bad. And, but that really affected me. And after breakup, that uh, residue of toxic relationship still remained in my heart. But I knew in myself that um, that was bad. Uh, that my identity was tarnished because of that. And, uh, and relationship especially was, is a very important topic in, in when we are young. And that kind of defines us a lot of the times. But at the same time, when, we, when I recognize that I'm not that person anymore, that wasn't the relationship that affected me to go drinking, go smoking. But I was never that person before. But because of the relationship, I changed. But when I got out, got out of that relationship I continued to do that but I realized after a while that that was not me and when I stopped even though it was kind of weird at, at the very beginning I realized I was more myself you know I personally am an advocate for you to try uh, new things you know sometimes risky things you know I'm a person who says experience it first within a safe space so that you can experience it and know that it's not you. Um, but a lot of people will disagree with me, I know. But one thing for sure is that 
it's important to come back to this question. It's important to come back to Christ and find a safe space. Um, so it was important for me to um, find myself once again going to uh, listening to the word of God during the church, um, going to church. And it was important for me to find myself once again talking to my parents um, about myself and my struggles. It was very important to find good friends that had really good uh, values and good identity within Christ. Hmm, that's wonderful. Well, thanks. Thanks, Sean, for, for sharing that. And I echo a lot of those things. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I think one of the examples I wanted to give as well was that um, when we are... Um, when we are saying that, okay, you know, we are child of God also, what does that mean? Is, is I really want to impart also a sense of confidence uh, in people and whoever's listening, um, you know, uh, about, about all these things that we're talking about, like identity in Christ. It's, it's actually very practical if you put it in a practical sense, because when you're struggling with things, you go back into prayer and that is your weapon to this, and that's your solution to the problem. And I find that to be something very um, encouraging, but it requires you to change your mindset a little bit in the way you see prayer. Because to be honest, if you watch any movies or like uh, you, you talk in general with friends, people say, what, do you pray? Like, okay, I mean, I guess if you think it works, you know, that's because people maybe don't understand quite or haven't seen prayers being answered. But the more you pray, um, you know, I want to encourage anyone listening, like, uh, look, look out for the, for the results, for the changes that will happen. Because um, in the scripture, it also says very clearly that, you know, if we pray and we believe in our heart that we have received it, you know, or that this, is, this has been, uh, this, this will happen, you know, God works with faith. So he is enabling a lot of these things, uh, you know, obviously if it's in line with his, uh, his will, of course, also like, <laughs> you know, if you just wish for oh, this bully of yours to, to um, I don't know, get kicked out of school, that's not the best intention maybe, right? But, uh, you know, when you are facing some issue, either with bullying and stuff like that, if you pray for reconciliation, um, you know, I've heard many testimonies where suddenly, you know, the, the kid just had a change of heart and he stopped bullying. And that's like really what I, what I want to encourage people is like, let's see prayer as something more than just a hopeful thing, but try to change and, you know, try to believe that things that you pray about, you know, if you pray with them with a sincere heart, um, that they will have an answer. And that is a crazy weapon to have in times of distress, right? So if you hold on to a lot of the things that uh, the word of God says, you know, concerning you or promises that were made in the Bible and you declare them, there's a lot of power in that because you're not praying in your name. You know, when we finish the prayer, you pray in the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus has power. So that's why I just wanted to share a little bit. That's so good. I, <laughs> I've um, thought a lot about and have, have found a lot of comfort in this that I've discovered from reading God's word. And we've talked a little bit about that of 
where, you know, where do I find my identity? Well, God's word has a lot of, um, that the Bible, what, what has been breathed by God's spirit tells us so much about our identity in Christ in that kind of broad sense. Um, and one of the things that has given me a lot of comfort is realizing that God knows exactly who each person is with who he intended to design them to be. And it goes beyond where we're at or what we're doing in that moment. And a few of my favorite examples of this are um, the story of Gideon. So in the Old Testament, there's a story of Gideon. And basically, in a nutshell, um, all of Gideon's people um, were oppressed by the Midianites. And they, he was so afraid of, of the enemy that what his job was, was he was supposed to be um, beating out the wheat so that the not useful stuff would fly away and the good stuff would fall to the ground. So he was supposed to be outside doing that. Um, so the wind could take away the bad stuff, but he was so afraid to be outside that he was in the wine press where they made wine, which I think was like underground or something like that. He was so afraid of it that he was hiding. And God actually comes to Gideon um, and he addresses him with this, these words, he addresses him with, oh, mighty man of valor. And basically in this whole story, God kind of wrestles, Gideon Amen. wrestles with God back and forth about what God has called him to mm. based out of his identity of, oh, mighty man of valor. This is who you are. You're a mighty man of valor. But Gideon was hiding. He was totally afraid. <laughs> yes. And he wrestles yeah. through so many different things uh, with God back and forth. Mm. Um, if you want to read the story, it's in Judges. It's amazing. But he wrestles with God until he finally, I think he something must have clicked where he believed who God was. Mm. And then he believed who he was. And he did this crazy thing where he trusted God to defeat the Midianites yes. with 300 men, which... God had pared down their army little by little by little. And I just love that story of development of how it didn't matter what Gideon was doing in the moment when God came to him, Yes. but God knew who he was and yes. called him out and said, Hey, you're a mighty man of valor. That's yes. who you are. I'm calling that out in you. It's not based off of what you're hiding from in this moment. And another one of my favorites too, is how Jesus calls Peter the rock who he knew he was going to build his church on. Peter denied Christ three times. Yes. And Jesus <laughs> knew that he was going to do that. But mm. God sees us from his perspective, mm. not from our own. And so it, that's why it's so important to really read in scripture or just ask yes. God, God, how do you see me? One time yes. I, I asked God, God, what do you call me? And he said, Miranda, you're a trailblazer. Amen. <laughs> and that has been something that I've gone, okay, you know, when I feel stuck in something in life, you know, I, here in, in the Czech Republic, we're pioneering um, a YWAM base, which is the organization I work with. And it's been hard sometimes, like it's been really a struggle. And sometimes I've sat here and gone, God, what am I doing? <laughs> I have no idea. And he'll remind me, he'll say, you're a trailblazer. And I'll go, okay okay, Lord, I can do this with you, you know, but 
um, another verse that came to my mind as Sean was saying, you're saying, you know, you can, God can change you. He can transform you. And it, it's Romans 12, um, two, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewal of your mind Amen. that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so I've just, you know, in that, you know, sometimes we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. We don't maybe think of ourselves as something amazing, or maybe we think too much of ourselves. I don't know um, who you, who you are, what, what you think of this, but it's so important to get God's perspective because then out of like what Leslie was saying earlier, then once we know that it affects what we do, it affects you know, once Gideon finally got it in his head, I think who God was and who he was, he was able to do some pretty crazy things. So anyways, guys, we hope that all of our rambling ons um, today just encourages you to seek out how God views you um, and your identity in Him. And please tune in to our next podcast. We're actually going to continue talking about identity um, and talking a little bit about uh, how do we discover our purpose as well and um, what is the difference between our identity in Christ and and our just our personal identity. So we really look forward to um, having you guys tune in next time and hope that, yeah, you're encouraged to just continue seeking God and seeking how He designed you. Please uh, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll see you sometime soon.